now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast exclusively here on Westwood One and powered by CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. You can join us too. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Speaking of CRTV, we just finished production for today's CRTV show. Let's get a little preview of what's coming up later today at CRTV.com. Todd. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz, he um, he can keep a pretty stiff upper lip about just about anything try to find the good in a situation but even he with that comer interview he just went i can't even it was awesome that's the first time i've ever seen bob vanderplatz in all the years we've been very good friends i've i've just seen him i can't even total total knuckle dragger i'm out i can't find anything redeeming about this because you're right his nature is to try and find a silver lining my nature this is why we work so well together his nature is to find the silver lining minus to snuff it out right <laughs> and so we have a perfect yin and yang thing going on and even he looked at me on crtv i yeah I, no there's, there's it's all black it's pitch black here there's nothing for us you're right <laughs> Aaron, what stood out to you? Conversation with Jordan Schachtel on the roundtable about uh, what exactly are, again, having the same conversation we've had my uh, basically my entire life, especially in the last uh, few years since rolling back the amount of troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. What in the world is our policy in the Middle East right now? What happened on Friday night? Uh, and, of course, we all like to see freedom ring, uh, particularly through, I think one of the ships was called the Sledgehammer of Freedom that attacked Syria, uh, U.S. ship that attacked Syria. That's, that's, always, that's always great, and we're, we're hopeful that, um, you know, Assad will not be able to use chemical weapons anymore. But at the same time, we still, I, I described it as, our, our foreign policy, as passive-aggressive, because that's really what mm-hmm. it is. It's just kind of a, a punch, but not really a full-blown punch. Just kind of, we, it'd be nice if you'd stop using chemical weapons. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back next year and bomb you again. It's just, we don't know what's... what's Mission what's accomplished! Happening. Yeah. Yeah, you. and what's interesting about this debate, too, is we opened up with a clip, and the audience needs to see this, two of the primary stars of Trump world going at it over attacking, over bombing Syria on Fox News. So I think that gives you an idea of why that's definitely a panel you want to check out, as Aaron just pointed out. So CRTV.com is where you can go to watch our show today and all the shows that we do every day at CRTV. Just use, if you're not yet a subscriber, use my name, Dace, as a promo code. You'll get a a free trial. So if you don't like it uh, during the free trial period, cancel before it expires. You won't be charged a dime. If you do like us, you're like, hey, and I can get this even cheaper by using your name. Yes, that's you right now. CRTV.com, promo code Dace. If you want to watch the show here today at CRTV. And and 
while you're listening to the podcast today, if you're on your your mobile device or your iPad, you get a chance to, on PodBay or iTunes or Stitcher, click that little subscribe button. It takes two seconds. The more of you that do that, the more of you that subscribe. I mean, the more people see that this show grows, the more people are like, maybe this is something I want to listen to when there are so many podcasting options out there. And the same goes if you have a moment to write us a positive review today. Uh, that Those really help us as well. I know many of you have already done so, and we greatly appreciate that too. Before we get into the weekend news and views, I have one headline for you from over the weekend, Todd. Yes. So yesterday was Noah's turn for family movie night. We haven't watched it yet since it came out on DVD, so Noah picked The Last Jedi. Okay. All right. Oldest teenage daughter makes a motion in the middle of the film, family motion. I motion we skip past the entire waste of time that is Canto Bite. All in favor, the entire man cave, all five members. I think even Cap the dog barked. Unanimous consent to skip. Now, I know we vehemently disagree on this movie. I think it's great. I mean, I, and I mean that. I, I think it is a great film. But man, skipping past their own little... Because my teenage daughter's like, come on, man. The fleet is dying out there in open space, and you got to save the pachyderms, save the llamas? Really? We're doing that now? That was my kid. <laughs> that was the reasoning for wanting to skip it. So this made me mad in the theaters. I'm all into what's going on. The fleet's out there dying in open space, and we got to save the llamas? Why are we doing this for 15 minutes? So we skipped the entire sequence. Makes a big difference, bro. You should um, try that. I'm proud of her. It's a big diff. It does. It's a complete waste of time. I completely agree. I, I would skip a lot of other <laughs> things as well. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, you know what? I bring this up every now and then so Todd doesn't talk about Major League Baseball instant replay because I think I speak for America when <laughs> this I say is your way? we'd rather hear him discuss soccer. Yes, this is the Have way. Have you seen the deleted scenes? No, we haven't gotten to those yet. Okay. Because I want to hear what you yeah, have to say. We're gonna, the, other, the, the girls won't care about that stuff. You know, Noah, who's yeah. mini fanboy and dad, we will watch those. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll report back. Gotcha. I mean, I'll let you borrow it if you, don't, if, if you hate the film so much and want to spring the 25 bucks for the DVD. I'll just let you borrow it. Well, if I have to see the deleted scenes based on your input, I will. Yeah, okay. that'd be nice of you. All right. So that, that's my headline from over the weekend. Aaron, some real news. Fire away. Yep, uh, this is from CNBC. President uh, Donald Trump hailed the U.S.-led inter- intervention in Syria on Friday as, a pr- as perfectly executed, adding that the military campaign to degrade Bashar al-Assad's chemical weapons capability had accomplished its goals. Less than a day after U.S., British, and French forces targeted suspected chemical weapons sites in retaliation to an attack that left dozens of civilians dead last week, Trump thanked U.S. coalition partners. He said in a tweet, a perfectly executed strike last night. Thank you to France and the United Kingdom for their wisdom and the power of their fine military. Could not have asked or could not have had a better result. Mission accomplished. I think that tweet's great until those last two words. Just because as a people, we've heard this before, right? So, Today on the television show, we discussed the division within Trump world where you had Seb Gorka sort of giving the Team America world police answer and Laura Ingram giving the America first, if we're going to go into debt, build up more bridges and roads answer. 
And that angle was discussed in our roundtable today. Also today for Facebook Live, I laid out a broader narrative of what we have been attempting to do in the Middle East post 9-11, which I don't understand because much of it contradicts itself repeatedly. So since those two conversations, angles to this are available in other forums, for the sake of this podcast, I'd urge you, that's a good reason to watch our show on CRTV today. Go on our Facebook wall. You can watch the, vi- the video of our Facebook Live right there near the top of the page. You can hear me lay out 13 questions that I think every American should be asking. I know some of you, 13 questions, I don't have time. Well, maybe if you, if you find the time to ask questions like this of your government, if you find the time now to ask these questions of your elected leaders, then you won't have to realize how even less time you have later when your your unelected leaders are the ones asking you questions. If you catch my drift, I do. Yeah, that's kind of how the self self government thing works. All right, so we can let's not duplicate ourselves. So for the purposes of this podcast, let me ask a simple question: Is it the role of the United States? to be the referee of global conflicts. Meaning, even when there is no clear strategic vital interest at stake, is it the role of the United States to say, in your parochial dispute, you've crossed a line of barbarism we can't tolerate, and so we're gonna call a foul. We're going to call a technical foul, basically, to use a basketball term. And instead of two free throws and the ball out of bounds, we drop bombs. Your thoughts on that, Todd? I want to say yes. Because, briefly, as we talked about on uh, the television show today, my Captain America complex... I think it comes from the right place. There's a lot of bad guys out there. America is uniquely suited to take care of a lot of those big guys, those bad guys. Um, but you have to have a a sense that doing that can and will be effective more often than not. And we have a legacy of being evolved over there since 9-11 at the very least, and obviously before that, going back to Steve, when you and I were, I think your your freshman, no, your senior year of high school and my freshman year of college mm-hmm. when the Iraq the uh, uh, war happened. Yep, uh, the, we I, we don't show an ability to be good at this to change anything. Are in fact, are we making it worse? Are we egging it on? Are we trading one bad villain for an even worse super villain? That's really where you have to start. I think. What do you think, Aaron? Just be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Uh, that it, I, I pointed out on the show today that passive aggressive meet Middle East. Middle East will gut you every time. That's they don't they don't they don't do that. They speak a language of strength. So if you're going to show some strength actually wipe them out knock them the you know bleep out what from whatever that's from uh from um that's 
that's I think it's as simple as that. Now that's a hard decision to make because a lot of people will die, but either stay out of their conflicts or turn them into a parking lot. And does I mean there of course there's different schools of thought. You know there's we can't be I don't think we can be completely um, dovish. I don't think we can be completely isolationist. Uh, but if if there's a direct threat to the United States on foreign soil, then then you need to take care of that. But this playing referee by, you know, kind of effectively giving them a slap on the wrist. Uh, another thing is, wh- why did we talk about this all week? This strike, this impending strike. Don't you think Syria keeps track of what we're saying over mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Why, why would you give them an opportunity to evacuate military uh, personnel from, don't you think they'd have some sort of hunch that, hey, maybe these chemical weapons, maybe maybe the most powerful nation on earth knows that we, where we uh, manufacture them, where we keep them, maybe we should take them somewhere else. Why did we talk about this all week? As cool as it is to see those missiles launching, and it's as cool as it is to see this hole in the ground from the satellite images in the aftermath, as cool as that is, and as much as we're tempted to say America, all this was was maybe a slap on the wrist. Other, other hand, does anybody believe that if we got out of the Middle East completely, Israel, you're on your own, just went home, that that's like, well, f- finally, thank you. Our grievances are over. That's our point has been made. The, the Middle East is not a place that we're going to have to come back to, like tomorrow at noon. Um, I don't know that that's reality based either. Despite the the main question I just said, can we be effective? I mean, I, that's I, not just. And if you're responding to, to me, no, no, generally no. speaking, yeah, no. just so we have all the arguments out no. there. Yeah, no? I got you. Yeah, I. That I'm in my own head. I mean, the, this has to be confronted on so many uh, d- different levels. But with with an enemy, uh, it's it's funny. We're often accused at the uh, as the ones who have hegemonic interests. Mm-hmm. Um, Islam has hegemonic interests. Yeah, and that is that is Islam. Yes, here's another. That's my point. It's a dominionist religion. So we can't. We lo- debate. We've debated within Christianity for two thousand years. How are we dominionist whatsoever? And there's whole sects of Christianity out of the Protestant Reformation came Anabaptists. That's where your Mennonites and your Amish come from. In in ancient Catholicism, there was the monastery movement. We have had a constant debate within Christianity. Are we the dominionist religion of Eusebius and Constantine waving the cross as a flag? Or are we, are we you know, our own private Idaho until Jesus returns? Are we something in between, right? This has been an ongoing debate within Christianity from its very inception. Here's another question as well. One second. There is no debate within Islam. It is right. dominionist at its core, right. intentionally. Go ahead, Todd. Go ahead, Aaron. Here's another question. I know the regime in North Korea kills its people probably every day. Mm-hmm. Why haven't we done a military well, intervention there? This is the question. You know, when you watch a sporting event, since I use the referee analogy, let's continue with it. When you watch a sporting event, what's worse? Equally bad officiating or imbalanced, inconsistent officiating? What's worse? What's worse? Imbalanced and inconsistent. That's what you're getting to, aren't you, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if we are, 
if if we're going to finally do what Harrison Ford's president suggested, uh, what was in Air Force One 20 years ago when that movie came out, that the United States, wherever there's evil and oppression, the United States will be there. Remember that great yeah. guy gives that speech at the end? Sure. I'm, I didn't quote it exactly, but that's the tenor of it. If that's what we are, then... You can't sit there and say, well, North Korea, Pyongyang may bomb Seoul, so we just let them feed their, you know, shove tree bark down their people's throats. We can't do that. Especially because if you're asking that question from a cubby hole in my studio in Urbandale, Iowa, you want the guy in the, in the palace in Damascus is asking that question too. And that's why he had to bomb his ass last year. And he came back and gassed his people again. That, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We, you don't have the. That's what Aaron's getting. At. I agree. You don't have the resolve to do this. Now there's a couple counters to, to the, again the very valid point that Aaron brings up, but at least two counters: nine uh, eleven and oil. You, there, North Korea, and because of these counters, the, the, you're, you're mentioning reasons I'm not a non-interventionist, right? Because the question you asked isn't realistic. When Ron Paul used to talk about, you know, right. foreign entanglements, when the founding fathers wrote that, the concept no navy could could we were yeah. we, the idea of manifest destiny, and we were defended by two oceans. We practiced that pretty much till about December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Right? That's not the world we live in anymore. We 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 live in a world of ICBMs and dirty bombs and EMPs, cyber warfare now where, you know, you know, Russia can, you know, infiltrate American culture with porn and use our manipulator at Pornhub and manipulate our media against each other on social media. We don't live in that world anymore. Non-interventionism is not an option right. in the world in which we live in anymore. But, but, but this is where we can't fall for false binary choices. Because if we agree non-interventionism isn't an option, clearly the neocon paradigm we were sold after 9-11 of bringing freedom and democracy to the Middle East is an abject, abject failure also of, correct. Of, of, of systemic proportions. It's failed on every level. Last year was the deadliest year for civilians in Afghanistan yet. There are no Christian churches open in, this, in the yes. country. Iraq is a... Remember in the 70s before Aaron was born, when you and I were little kids, we we were essentially helping the Iraqis, Saddam, fight the Ayatollahs in the, in the not in the seventies, but the early eighties. We were helping him. We, we were sort of a, a you know under the table, winking and nodding. Yeah, we don't like the Iranians either. Well, now Iraq's a primary is a proxy state of Iran after after we invaded I know, Iraq. I know everything we've done has failed. Everything has. Which goes back to my initial query: Can we be effective in any way? Long term, I, I don't know the answer, but I'm still stuck with being closer to we need. We we can't just go away either there's uh, north korea is uh, uh, we talk about that crazy guy we've had this conversation but a sense that that that's contained no one thinks north korea culture is you know flooding across the world we think that about islam in europe right uh we 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 can't we can't deny that we who's the we i don't think many people in control at the state department or at the pentagon think that way we we do a lot of Trump's base feels that way. We thought maybe during the campaign when he talked about vigorous betting and things like that, we thought he thought that way. Now we're using George W. Bush's taglines, and we gave that speech last fall that we got to go in and make Mosul and Afghanistan great again, right? Can't, we can't pull out of anywhere, but yet we're not going to do anything that might topple regimes. Because here, here's, the, here's the question, when, and I brought this up on the TV show today. 
when I was in high when I was in junior high, and my stepdad, who was abusive to me growing up, Democrat union steward guy my whole life, Teamster, didn't vote for Reagan either time. No, I take it back. He voted for Reagan in '80 because the Teamsters endorsed Reagan in the in, in 1980. And then in 1984, he voted against him because of what he did to the air traffic controllers union. <coughs> Yet that guy woke me up in the middle of the night because America came first and he hated Gaddafi and what he had done to our people at that discotheque in France every bit as much as every, any, the average Reaganite did. And he hated the Russians and the Soviets every bit as much as the average Reaganite did. And when Reagan turned Gaddafi's palace into a freaking pile of rubble parking lot... He cheered right up, woke me up in the middle of the night to watch that live on Santa. So the question becomes, why don't we just do that to Assad? We dropped a mo- we've dropped the mother of all bombs on him last year. Didn't get the message. This is a worse chemical attack than the one he was alleged to have done last year. So why don't we just slit his throat? Or or cripple him like we did to Gaddafi. Well, Aaron already answered that question because we are parked at lukewarm. And because here's and the reason we're parked at lukewarm is because we refuse to accept Islam for what it is. Yes, we want we we are we are bound and determined. The Western civilization, what's left of it anyway, and its current crop of leaders. This is why I loved. This is why I overreacted in my enthusiasm to Trump's speech last May in Riyadh. This is it. This is the messaging. We don't care about your religion. Not our job. That's yours. Leave us the hell alone. We'll leave you alone. Don't don't existentially threaten Israel. And we don't care what you preach in your mosques. We don't give a rip. We don't care what day you go to church if you go at all. Want to get rich with us? We'll help you get rich. Don't want us in your countries? We don't care. Don't threaten our people or we'll make life suck for you. That was his speech. I'm in. Yes. To me, that's the lesson learned from, from, from... the the fail the not to me non interventionism I don't even take it seriously as a philosophy frankly because it doesn't it just doesn't accept the world for as it is but if 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 you still are are harping on the neocon talking points from 03 and 04 I don't take you seriously either because you haven't paid attention to any of the lessons we supposedly learned so it's real simple case by case basis it's not our job to run your country it's yours. Unless you decide that you want to have a say in how we live, our, live in our country. And then we are going to bomb you back to the Neolithic era. All right? Pre-bronze. You got, your radicals want you in the 7th century? Dude, we're going to take you to the 7th century too. B.C., say hi to the Sumerians for us. That's my strategy. Well, since Trump himself made that speech, why does nobody in his administration, including him, understand that? Let's see. This was a fantastic tactical strike and effective. Uh, you didn't have a chance to comment on it when we, on the television show, but what are your thoughts on what I, Mattis I, and the general did well, here's in why selling what they did? Because, because it was a joke. What go? What happens is then they get they go to the president privately and they say, if we use. There's no stomach for regime change. Americans don't want soldier boots on the ground in any of these countries in mass. I think we all agree on that, right? So if you use lethal air force to take this guy, to take these guys out, what's coming next might be even worse. And so that's why we're in this lukewarm 
era. They're right about that. Stop and think about the fact our primary focus in the Middle East now is on fighting ISIS, which didn't even come into existence until more than a decade after 9-11. And, and by the way, where did ISIS originate from? <laughs> Syria, which we're talking about right now. So <clears throat> they're right about why, why we won't, why, why, why didn't Assad and his concubines wake up in a pile of rubble from their own home like Gaddafi's did? if they even survived a bombing like that. Because we know what will come next. That's not, what, that's not the problem. They're right about that. The problem is they believe they can manipulate the players on the stage so that the right alternative emerges. And that's where we keep making mistakes. We're on the wrong side of the Arab Spring post-Qaddafi in Libya. That's what happened at Benghazi. We're on the wrong side of the Arab Spring in Egypt. We sided with the Islamists over Mubarak. And then we sided with the Islamists over al-Sisi when, he, when, he, when, the, when the military cooed against the Islamists. We've been on the wrong side consistently. We're, we've got an American pastor on trial today for preaching the gospel in Turkey, so much for Ataturk's reforms. Turkey's one of the original enclaves of Christianity in the book of Revelation when John writes, or Christ through John, writes seven letters to the churches of Asia Minor. What country is that? Turkey. Turkey. And we had a pastor on trial in Irwin's Turkey for preaching the gospel. But, you know, the Trumps are going to help the guy build hotels and, you know, the previous presidents are going to put him in NATO. And we're going to let his thugs beat up our, yes. uh, our people. Yeah. On our own soil. And then we're not going to take the Kurds who have been the most, who have been, other than the Israelis, the most loyal people to us in that region for the last 30 years. And we're not going to let them have their own country because it would offend who? Turkey, who is putting our pastors on trial and beating up our people and putting a nice, you know, uh, business front on Islamic radicalism. So, so our leaders aren't wrong that what, would, what may come after an Assad could be worse. What may come after Hussein could be even worse. We've had Juliana Temarazi here from the Iraqi Christian Relief Council Two years in a row. Some of the stories she'll tell you that had went down after in, in, in Iraq after Hussein was worse than Saddam. And the mistake isn't toppling Saddam. Assad? Or, or, or Assad. Okay. The reason things got worse in Iraq oh, after Hussein's yeah. toppling, and the reason why we won't knife Assad now, is because we think we can step in there and just hand them a flash drive with some terms of democracy, they'll translate it to Arabic, and they'll take verses from the Quran out of context like we do for the Bible. You're talking about George W. Bush. Yes. Democracy is in the heart of every man. Or and, and, something but, along but this, lines, is, yeah. this continued with Obama, and, it's, yeah. and even though Trump has verbally, correctly decimated it, rhetorically, he's continuing these very same practices. These people have been killing each other over these same sand dunes for a thousand years prior to when the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock, bro. They were killing each other over these sand dunes. The existence of the U.S. and Israel doesn't change the history of this religion and of this part of the world. It amplifies it, particularly Israel. I mean, what would happen if we had our own 
domestic sources of energy and we said to the Middle East, we don't care what you do, here's our red line. You are not allowed to existentially threaten Israel. Other than that, it's not our problem. We don't care. It may or may not on some level reduce the exposure we have to terrorism. I don't believe it would save one civilian life in the Middle East. They would just keep killing each other because they come from a worldview that is drenched in blood from a trap from a marauding warlord who spent the last 20 years of his life killing people who would not convert whose whose warring tribes picked up his mantle and so the I did the same yeah. thing and that was when the world was much much bigger now that it is much much right. smaller i don't see any logical answer that says we can just go hide from that i we there, there isn't but we're not doing the things that would insulate us either. I agree. All right. You, you, like there's no cure to a common cold. But there are certain hygienic practices yes. you can yes. engage in to make you less exposed to it. Correct. Right. Correct. You, you know, um, what George W. Bush should have said after 9-11, instead of we're going to bring freedom and democracy to the Middle East, he should have said what JFK said after Sputnik. He should have said, um, I don't know how we're going to do it, but by the end of this decade, we're going to win the space war and put a man on the moon. He should have said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but by the end of this decade, we're going to be wholly and solely independent on our, for energy. We're not going to need anything from that part of the world whatsoever. Nothing. They will hold nothing over us. We will not be beholden to them on any level whatsoever. Those are things we could do. We don't do those things. Instead, we're just going to bomb Assad again. After, in 2013, we were going to remove him until the emergence of ISIS, then we kept him there. And now we're reminded what kind of... And, and Nancy Pelosi and John Kerry were having dinners with Assad at, at, at posh Washington, D.C. establishments. And now the conservative One America News Network is running stories today that Assad didn't really use... Chem, wasn't, wasn't really responsible for the chemical weapons. And we dropped the mother of all bombs on him last year. Didn't care. So we came back. I guess we dropped the this time it counts bombs from Bud Selig, right? Now the All-Star game will determine home field advantage. So this is the this time it counts bombs. What do we drop next year? And around and around and around we go. Where yep. it stops, nobody knows. We're like we are the Ed Hightower of foreign policy. We just jump in our planes and travel around the country refereeing games every night. Hey, there's Ed Hightower at Hilton Coliseum in Ames. There's Ed Hightower at the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill. There's Ed Hightower there, uh, you know, at McHale Center in, 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 in Arizona for the Arizona-UCLA game. Hey, there's Ed Hightower at Chrysler for Michigan-Michigan State on ESPN every night. Just randomly officiating games. That's it. We're just randomly officiating parochial conflicts. Dropping bombs when we decide uh, that just really offends us right now. That's not a foreign policy, guys. Not one that sends any fear into the hearts of your opposition at all. You have to understand, Assad inherited this mantle from his father. These clans, these tribes, these sects have been fighting each other for dominion and hegemony in this part of the world since the 7th century. Crips versus bloods no on doubt. steroids. Muhammad could not read or write. He left no rightful heir. And so they broke down into two tribes of warring claims of descendancy known as the, that became the Shias and the Sunnis right away. 
They have seen European colonialists come and go, Hobbes. They come and they go. They've seen the Ottoman Empire come and they go, Hobbes. They come and they go. They've, and you know what they're saying right now? The great state in the United States, they come and they go, Hobbes. They come and they go. All right, we'll hunker down in our spider hole for a while. Yes. When they get bored, when CNN needs more fake news and Trump needs a Twitter fight, we'll just come out and start. Once they, when they're not paying attention, all right, you guys throw your rocks, we'll launch our mustard gas, and it's back on again in about three months. No, Steve, mission accomplished. And we'll be having the same conversation again because they've been having the same conversation for 1,200 years. Next headline, Aaron. So James Comey was interviewed by George Stephanopoulos last week about his... Uh, A sentence new... that makes me want to cut myself. Continue. Yep. Uh, to talk about his new book. And in case you're wondering what the contents of uh, James Comey's interview was... And who wasn't. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering what the, kind of which way they leaned, CNN published about three hours ago at Taping Time an article entitled The 70... Must see lines from James Comey's CNN interview. <laughs> you know, usually it's something like five, ten, maybe, maybe fifty. Seventy. Fifty. If you're really, really going for gold here, but no, Chris is Eliza from CNN. The seventy must see lines from James Comey's ABC interview. Uh, let's go to number one. I liken President Trump to the book, uh, to in the book, to a forest fire, going to do tremendous damage, going to damage those important norms. But a forest fire gives okay. Uh, we'll go to number fifteen. <laughs> the investigation was triggered. Okay, uh, number twenty-two. If I ever start considering whose political fortunes will be okay. Uh, number 31, <laughs> but as I read it, you poor bastard. Number 43, you would think that the, that you would notice me, uh, but this giraffe, okay? Uh, that's Which it. one is Dear Penthouse Forum? I never thought this would happen to me. Which one <laughs> yeah. is that? Uh, that would be number 70. Well, there's more than 70. No, okay, yeah, it just ends at 70. Scylla is that kid in like high school or college that is way too excitable with the highlighter. It's not actually helping them because they're yeah, just they're highlighting, highlighting everything, <laughs> you know? So you're just looking at the same stuff again. And furthermore, Jade, I, I don't know if you'll recall, but as far back as we've been talking about James Comey, I nailed this guy. He, in his interviews way before he was in trouble about anything, you just could tell he loved being the guy in the chair that people were asking questions. Just loved it. There is a Terrell Owens quality yes. to James Comey. He loves me some me. And, of course, we know the president does as well. But the president, because he's been, in, he's been a celebrity for so many years, Trump has fa- figured out ways to cleverly turn his narcissism into a, into almost an endearing quality at times. You know, I mean, I, I go back to during the primary, I, and, and you know, Trump has an enormous amount more wealth than Mitt Romney does. But when you read stories about Mitt Romney, couldn't remember how many houses he owned, he built a car elevator in one of them, you're like, oh, that douche, man. That, guy, <laughs> that guy's like, that, doesn't that guy remind you of every every rich guy that ever fired you, right? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Or doesn't that guy remind you of every rich kid whose dad called the basketball coach to give him the, the spot on the team over you? You know what I mean? Yeah. But when Trump stands up there and he's like, oh, I can't remember if I'm with $4 billion or seven, you know, you guys want to see my plane? You're like, gosh, that's so freaking cool. <laughs> Right? He's figured out how to turn his ego to your advantage. All right? And 
with with Comey, it, it just manifests itself as a nauseatingly grating form of sanctimony that seemingly is a never-ending story. It, 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 there's no shut-off valve. Like, this guy has gotten high on his own supply. Why, we need to maintain our our beneficial norms. Uh, would that be uh, $4 trillion in debt, endless war in Muslim lands, a national surveillance state? We kill a million of our children every year, and we don't know what a bathroom is, Jimmy. Are those some of your uh, beneficial norms? Are, th- are those the beneficial? You know who uses language like that? Hi, I'm Cliff Clifford, and you're listening to NBR. That's who uses that kind of language, right? Yes. And that's who this guy is at the core, bro. At the core. Like, at least in Trump's case, he's just the old-fashioned king of, kings of antiquity. Yeah. I just wanted to bang some chicks and conquer some countries, bro. That's really all I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? With Comey, I'm on a mission from God. There, There is a level of sanctimony there that, like... Everybody just hates that guy. He's the kid. There's the rich kid in school who, who, when his parents were away, invited you over to his house for parties. And you're like, dude, man, this is you're cooler than Ricky Schroeder was in Silver Spoons, right? <laughs> and then there's the rich kid in the sweater vest, monogrammed, Erston Thou the Fourth. That that every kid wants to beat up because you know you're going to be working for him one day and he'll fire you because it's Tuesday. So you beat him up in school now to self-medicate for when that day arrives when you're in your 30s. That's who James Comey is. That's who he is to a T. He's every kid you gave a swirly to back in the day and not because you just could but because they, they really needed that to happen. It was you, were, you realized if I don't give this kid a swirly in the toilet right now when he's a high school freshman the terror he will unleash on the rest of the populace once he comes into his own as an adult will be unsuspecting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's who the guy is. Do- Donald Trump despite the suit he still uh, people get his issues because they are their issues more readily and that's why it's old he's as at that. home at wrestlemania yes. and old as james that, comey yes. is is james comey's is is using four different aliases in the new yorkers comment yes. section to trash the rubes who would dare yes. watch such lowbrow entertainment yes. that's the difference and, and we we're here in the me too movement but Dazed and Confused by now is a very old movie, but that everybody still knows Matthew McConaughey in that movie being the same. That's why I keep liking high school chicks. I get older and they say the same. That's Donald Trump in a way. They kind of yes. just get that, 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 that there's a level of brokenness there. But painfully, probably more true than we than. I think we're gonna learn that might be more true. No, than we no, thought. I know, I know. But, the, drift. Yeah. but in this day and age, as broken as we all are sexually, they're, they're just. Comey is the guy in the uh, the outsiders, the guys in the sweaters that come up and think they're tough. And, no, no, you're not. Because like, you're wearing that sweater. You go and to, that's why you're just about to get punched in the nose right now. When you go to Comey's house, he shows you his rowing trophy. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? If you told me you rode, I'd be down with that. I know that's hard work. If you show me your trophy, though, no. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Next headline. All right, one more. The New Yorker. Nice segue. Dan Peepenbring? 
Speaking of rowing trophies. Speaking of names that deserve yeah. to get punched. Yeah. Dan, Daniel Pippenbring. I thought, I seriously, when I started reading this, I thought... Is he, this, is he with Gryffindor? Yeah. Yes. No, did yeah. you think it was <laughs> yeah. set? I thought it was satire. Yeah. I really did. He wrote a piece headlined, Chick-fil-A's Creepy Infiltration of New York City. Now, if I had just read that, serious question, if I had just read that headline to you, would you have thought that A... It was the New Yorker, B, the Onion, or C, Babylon B. I would have I would have picked Babylon B or All of the above. Or Breitbart's traffic is way down. Yeah. And they need to come up with a straw man. Yep. And they just threw this out there and it's trending right now on Twitter. Except this isn't a straw man. Yep. It's this no, is I, for shizzle. I yep. totally this happened. the New Yorker. Yep. Uh, New York, he says in the column, New York has taken to Chick-fil-A. One of the Manhattan locations estimates that it sells a sandwich every six seconds. And the company has announced plans to open as many as a dozen more storefronts in the city. And yet the brand's arrival here feels like an infiltration in no small part because of its pervasive Christian traditionalism. Its headquarters in Atlanta are adorned with Bible verses... Statue of Jesus watching his disciples' feet. Its stores close on How dare they? Sundays. Its CEO, Dan Cathy, has been accused of bigotry for using the company's charitable wing to fund anti-gay causes, including groups that oppose same-sex marriage. That's just part of it. It goes on and on and on and on. You guys, if, I can't recall. Have you guys been in New York City? No. Yeah. You have? All right, so you'll get what I'm saying. I love New York. I do. It's okay. fun. Wouldn't want to live there. It's what, fun. Yeah, great place to, like Barney Rubble once said, it's a great place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there, right? Okay. I bet you if you're rich, it's incredible to live there. No but kidding. if you are not in the 1%, there's no room at the end. But for a vacation, I, I, I love it. You know, we just took our 20th anniversary there last year. We loved every minute of it, even though every Uber ride costs 200 bucks. Okay. So, holy cow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty expensive. But, Here's what you'll also see. Maybe more cigarette butts on the ground than any city other than the French Quarter, 4 a.m. on a Saturday or Sunday after last night's, you know, district-wide bender. Everybody there is chain-smoking. There's cigarette butts everywhere. You can literally buy liquor on every street corner. And this is after Rudy Giuliani cleaned up the town in the early 90s after the 70s and 80s and Dave Dinkins and the Son of Sam and all that stuff and the place was really run down and became the porn hub of of America all right um for anybody in New York City to be claiming some this is not a trip to the Parthenon guy I mean there's some nice places there okay but you don't have to go very far I mean, I know we look at like Madison Square Garden as like a as the the town around that's not very nice. And Penn Station, you know, if you want to know what New York City is, and I love it again, I love New York City, but the speech that Ed Asner Santa Claus gives Buddy the Elf before he sends him out to go find his dad about Ray's Pizza and the gum, all that's a hundred percent true. It's all true. So with all due respect, man, unless you're living on the Upper East Side and you never, ever leave like a 10-mile square radius from that side of town, 
the rest of New York has no business whatsoever claiming some sort of uh, enlightened paradise because it is every bit still the concrete jungle you would imagine it is. This is beyond a lack of, this is an exceeding amount of self-awareness. And if, if I didn't see this headline myself, I would believe this was made up because it touches on every leftist, secularist, progressive stereotype. It fulfills every last one. I can't even believe they ran the story. Yeah, I, I can't believe they just said, you guys know we're good at this is conservative clickbait we're publishing here, right? You guys realize this. This is, this is literally, the New Yorker doing this is the equivalent of Fox News deciding to change its logo to Pepe the Frog. I, and just, they just, you know what, guys, we're in. We're, we're just going to fulfill every leftist trope about uh, conservatives. We're all in, all alt-right nationalists now. That, that's, what the, that's the left version of what the New Yorker just did here. Yeah, it, but why are you surprised? This is exactly who they are. This is not an oops. No, this is who they are every day. They can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. This is why, in spite of Republicans' perhaps even desire to lose in November, it is not a given. Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan yeah. got up this morning. Man, I quit. Exactly. I even quit to send a signal. You guys got this in the bag. Hunker down. We're done. We're not putting up a fight. We're not passing any more legislation the rest of the year. I'm walking away from the speakership at only 48 years old. I'm leaving to go to Janesville, Wisconsin. All we need, you guys are going to get to impeach his ass next yes. year. Just shut just shut it down. We'll see you in November. We we did this for you. All right. Our, we didn't build a wall. We didn't defund Planned Parenthood. We grew government. All right. We gave a huge tax cut, but then we're going to raise the internet sales tax and the gas tax. So then it's going to only be the very corporate tax you guys tax cut you guys claimed. We did everything you guys asked of us. And then I get up this morning and the New Yorker has essentially got to put out a dog whistles for Trump's base. You know, Paul Ryan is extremely pissed right now. And this is why, to bring up the aforementioned Mitt Romney, this is why you always eat the chicken sandwich, you fool. I mean, it, they just tee it up for you. They tee it up for you. And then even Republicans, even Republicans, I think, come closer to November. They, can, you know, they, they can't just look there and say, I, I can't. I mean, they can't go full Mitt Romney in the face of the, these people who won't stop at burning college campuses down. I, I just don't. It, it yes, we have such a short-term memory, so we won't even remember this happened. But this something like this will happen in October, Steve. All and, right, final thoughts, gentlemen. Uh, if Allah still loves us, then the New Yorker will run five of those headlines every every day um, for I don't know how long. I don't. Who who cares? Does that really? Does a does a does an article? It's it's funny and it illustrates how deranged the left is. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day that much though. But it's it's, it's even fun. got it's even got Nate Silver posting stuff like, like this is this why is Trump, Trump run. run. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's because that's that's how this, that's how fulfilling of every stereotype we have of the other side. They literally checked every box. They literally checked every box and said, "Yeah, well, that's." That's exact. You guys are exactly right about us. There are no progressive stereotypes anymore. They are. It. They are a man in full on that front. They are the stereotype. That's why get, offer them no quarter on. Well, you know, this is just no. This is exactly who they are, and they are legion. Furthermore, on the story of, um, I think we did a public service talking about uh, Syria and the Mideast at large. Uh, there were no 
easy answers there i think we embodied that um keep your ears wide open uh and uh, your heart wide open on people talking about this um because this one is hard that's going to do it for our podcast today. Thanks for tuning in here on Westwood One. Don't forget our television show today, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. We're back at it again tomorrow with a Pop Culture Tuesday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. Oh,